0: The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Activate. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down, one at a time, into history, science, and action plan, so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. I'm really excited for this episode. Are you? Why? Because we get to talk about my youth. Oh, yeah. Because back in the day... Back in the day. In the 90s,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I fancied myself a pretty darn good rollerblader.
1: <laughs> I did not think you were going to go with the rollerblading. I was
0: not as good enough to be on a skateboard. Okay. So Because we played hockey. Mm-hmm. So we had hockey skates. But then I said, wait a minute. There's this new thing called freestyle rollerblading. Whoa. We could jump off of stairs. We couldn't do rails because it was too scary. But... <laughs> We're going to talk about that in today's episode.
1: About rollerblading? We're going to talk
0: about rollerblading. Well, a roundabout way. We're going to talk about rollerblading. I like it. There's your cliffhanger. Whoa. So if you're really into rollerblading, you're like, yes. And then you begin to be disappointed because we're really not talking about rollerblading. (laughs) If you hate rollerblading, you're like, ah, skip. But don't. But don't skip. Because we're talking about...
1: Fun fear.
0: Fun fear today. Yeah.
1: And why we seek it.
0: And why would we seek it? It makes no sense. Mm -mm. We're looking for survivability, food, water, shelter... Yep. And that's kind of like our our essence. We want to survive and procreate. Sure. Why would we go do things that are scary and dangerous? I'm
1: going to tell you why.
0: I know it's ridiculous. Isn't
1: that, It's it's kind of ludicrous, actually, if you think about it. Like, I'm going to put myself in a scary situation. Yay, that was fun. What? Yeah,
0: like, I'm going to take my horse cart, and I'm going to go barrel it down this hill and see how oh. fast I can get it.
1: Why would anybody d-
0: do that? doesn't make any sense. A
1: oh, horse cart. But anyway,
0: welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I'm Jesse. We bring you habits of successful people. Yes. And today we're talking about... Fun fear. Fun, fun fear. Fun fear. So, fair. extreme sports amusement parks Mm -hmm. horror movies whatever it is to to like rile you up yes to get those endorphins flowing and why we do that why we crave it so much even though it's dangerous for us
1: it well it can be i
0: guess there's a scale of danger i guess absolutely
1: because rollerblading is different than like base jumping
0: rollerblading is the most dangerous thing you can do i get it (laughs) i do get it so without further ado let's get in i'm gonna oh i'm gonna talk about extreme sports
1: Oh, is that what you're going to talk about? I,
0: I couldn't do the history of fear. it's too much. So it, we're going to do the history of extreme sports.
1: This day in history.
0: So I'm going to talk about some ancient stuff. What? Then I'm going to skip about a thousand years. As we do. As we do. And then I'm going to talk about modern stuff. Okay. So let's bring it right in. Back in the day, <laughs> people went to war all the time. That's like what you did. Yeah. Right? It was an activity. But well, once in a while, you said, hey, let's play a game. So mm-hmm. they came up with ancient polo. Which was vicious and used mallets and hard balls and people died like all the time by falling off what? their horses and getting hit. Yep. But in... Um, so was it,
1: was it like a practice for a war?
0: Sort of. Like that's a lot of games... I mean, that's what sports A lot are. of games are practices for war and we'll, we'll go through what those were. So, but um, Alexander the Great was mm-hmm. about to invade Persia and the Persian emperor sent him a polo mallet and said, maybe you should play polo instead.
1: Ooh, and
0: I didn't did say, he play didn't, polo? I, sure. He, let's say he played polo, and then he didn't invade, and everything was good.
1: I like that. I like that story. There
0: was there was the practice of fire walking. This uh, this, this happened throughout people, Greece like on, and Bulgaria. Yep.
1: On the office, just like on the office, like
0: on the office, you get hot, hot coals and you walk across them. This is this is a thousands of year old tradition. What? And apparently, a a church in Anastinaria okay. is, is a Christian one. It burned down. And So they practice walking across the ashes to commemorate that. Hold up, hold up.
1: So the church burns down, and all the people are like, oh my goodness, our church burned down. Let's take off our shoes and walk across it. Is yep. that what you're telling me? Yep. Okay. That's
0: exactly it. That um, you, soccer yeah. came from a sport the ancient Romans used to play called harpastum. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that is. But it's like rugby with less rules. Okay. Which is weird because now soccer, like you you watch soccer game and someone like ticks your knee with their toe and like, oh, I'm dying. (laughs) Well, back in the day, it was like a free for all. You could do whatever you want. You could
1: literally punch someone. But
0: ancient Romans did that because they also had chariot racing.
1: Yes, they did. They
0: loved chariot racing. Did you know that the Circus Maximus, which was one of the biggest chariot tracks, Uh could hold 150,000 spectators?
1: Whoa. That's like NASCAR. That is, it, yes. It's
0: ridiculous. But so they used to do chariot racing, and it was a big gambling event. So you'd have oh. the, the racers, which were, you know, the athletes, star athletes, and then everybody would gamble away all their. Their shillings are earnings. When
1: when they hit each other and as they're going around, like it was a very violent. It's very violent. People
0: died all the time. It was the gladiator time of the Roman era.
1: Right, 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 right. Okay.
0: Another sport in the Viking era. Yeah, the the Vikings of the region. Scary. This one is called I can't pronounce it, but it's Natal Erk and I like it. Something like that. We're gonna say it's close enough. I like that. they don't really explain the game, but it looks like a bunch of Vikings running around with bats and paddles. Maybe with a ball that could hurt you, but <laughs> generally just hitting each other.
1: They would just hit each other. Yeah, with like these I don't bats? know if there was an
0: objective to this game, like a, a point system or a goal. It's like yeah, mainly it was just like a, a way to it, games could last days. What? It was a, mainly a way for you to hit each other with bats.
1: So it's like a it's like tag it, for it, Viking adults. Yeah,
0: with a ball, right? Maybe. Yeah, uh, ancient Greece had um, wrestling, but then okay. they also had something called. Pancratron, okay. which was like no holds barred wrestling. So you, you could, could kill somebody. You could do whatever you wanted. Oh my gosh! Yep, they said it was, it was very, very violent. Mob football.
1: Mob okay. football
0: was in England in the 14th century, and this was a huge pastime for people. They would, they would like it's what you do in the school ground. You get a ball. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to get the ball back from you.
1: Oh no! Whoever can
0: keep the ball the longest <laughs> is the toughest guy. That's mob football. Um, So prisons and schools. Yep. Essentially. So it was so dangerous that in France, they said 40 men on one of these games died when the ball accidentally went into the water. 40 men drowned.
1: No that's, way. That
0: was, I mean, that's just a story. Who knows if it's true.
1: But that's interesting because they all were out there trying to yep. hit each other as they're trying to get the ball.
0: King Edward banned the third bandit from no. England because people weren't practicing their archery. They were just out there fighting each other in mob football, which probably gives you more aggressive Wait, so warriors. Wait, he,
1: so he, well, yeah, but I mean, so he. He banned this sport so that people could go shoot arrows. You
0: couldn't play mob football anymore because you needed warriors for archery. Because that was the English, like, knight's days.
1: Is it like when the fire department's like, you guys can no longer play...
0: Basketball. We can't even play basketball.
1: Why can't you play basketball?
0: Oh, because we get hurt every time we try to do something that's harder than getting up out of your chair so they don't let <laughs> so us you do So you need to
1: be practicing your archery. We should That's be practicing our
0: archery, exactly. Mm-hmm. But we're going to f- skip forward because those are like war games. Yeah. We're not talking about war games. Mm-hmm. We're talking about extreme sports. Right. But there there was a country, some little country in Indonesia okay. that did land jumping. And they tied vines to their feet oh, okay. and they jumped off a 75-foot platform which was essentially like bungee jumping.
1: Right, which we think they, oh, it's vines, that's crazy. But we also put rubber bands on our feet and jump off things. We put rubber bands
0: on our feet. Yeah. So realistically, people do this because our life is not very dangerous anymore.
1: Well, but it sounds like even when it was kind of dangerous, we were still trying to do things to...
0: To make it it more dangerous during (laughs) times of, of not danger. Right. Seems like we probably didn't do this during hunter-gatherer times, probably, probably play games for social gathering. Mm-hmm. But then we all of a sudden, hey, we're not getting chased by lions. Let's grab a ball and see if we can beat someone to death with it. Right. Like, <laughs> it was really, really weird. This but is it, such a dude
1: thing. Yeah. It's such a dude so thing. So
0: surfing came about in the 1700s. Oh, yeah. In Polynesia. Yeah. So we brought it back over to America and people started surfing. But like,
1: e- early, like not that long ago, like the 60s, 50s, 60s?
0: Yeah, early 1900s. Yeah, it's surfing for... For Americans. Yeah. So then they decided, hey, that surfing is cool, but we can't surf all the time. How about we put some wheels on a piece of plywood mm-hmm. and see if we go down this hill? Well, then skateboarding was came about. Yep. And skateboarding became cool. With like all the the pool surfers and the little competitions from like the,
1: it's worth it's worth watching the, the Santa Monica what, Boys, what was it dog
0: Dogtown and Z Boys
1: Dogtown Z Boys so
0: but anyway in nineteen ninety three so after all that happened the kids are skateboarding they're inline skating they're they're bungee jumping mm-hmm. and ESPN said we've got to capitalize on this we are going to start the extreme games and in nineteen ninety five in games. Rhode Island they had the inaugural extreme games not X Games yet. It was just the Extreme Games. Oh, gotcha.
1: Okay. When was this? 1995.
0: 1995.
1: They had, wow. Uh, relatively recently.
0: Yep. They had bungee jumping, eco challenge, inline skating, rollerblading, skateboarding, <laughs> sky surfing, sport climbing, street luge, biking, and water sports. Wow. It was a very big success. They had I almost, would assume. They had almost 200,000 spectators Whoa. show up for this event. So What is
1: sky surfing?
0: That's where you're skydiving with a little snowboard.
1: Oh my god. A lot
0: of these don't they don't do them anymore because like how do you score bungee jumping? Like he he fell really well. <laughs> he he fell, he fell f- better than everybody else. He gets a gold medal. Yeah. A- so so uh 1995 they did that. A couple years later they started the Winter X Games. Oh, nice. And it had like downhill mountain biking in the snow and all sorts of different stuff. Oh, very cool. Over the next 15 years, which we get to now, they just exponentially grew in popularity. In the yeah. 2000s, they started hitting their million viewer marks. They Whoa. started doing the Asian X Games. They started doing the Pacific X Games. Oh, they so they're like branching competition. out country-wise. Yeah, and- region and country-wise. They have the Mexican X Games. And then they decided well, we're going to kind of give away from some of our things, which are just extreme thrills, like bungee jumping. Right. And we'll add like half-pipe snowboarding and... Oh, cool. You know, different, different, more motocross and BMX and all that good stuff.
1: That's amazing. So,
0: And that was the X Games. And now we have essentially just daredevils going out there and entertaining us.
1: Right. But the thing is, is that, I mean, even our day-to-day, they are selling snowboards and mountain bikes and all this kind of stuff. Like, they're, people in our day-to-day life are trying to emulate this X Game business. Yeah. You it's look, a big you look deal. It,
0: you look at it, the extreme sports and recreation sport empire and... You want a piece of that? Yeah. You want to be the next Jeremy McGrath, getting on your motorbike, doing double backflip or double backflips? Was who did the double backflip? I have, I didn't look that up. I should thing. not have said this that. This is
1: not my thing. I'm Someone sorry. Someone
0: comment at me and be like, it's embarrassing that you don't know. If you it. <laughs> it might have been Jeremy McGrath.
1: Are you even a man?
0: So anyway, there's your kind of like precursor history of extreme sports.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: I think that's the best fear one because it actually has the element of injury and danger
1: yes and and I'm gonna talk about what what the difference is.
0: Oh, is there a difference yeah. between but like see, going on a roller coaster and like going doing the downhill luge?
1: Absolutely, but the thing is is that the, these pe- folks who are competing in the X games have developed skill, so we're gonna talk about why that's important that they've developed that skill versus so I can't me just me I can't just you. go
0: out and buy a motocross bike and gap a hundred and fifty foot jump be like that was and pretty, have that pretty be scary a, and fun. A
1: reasonable well, you can. But Absolutely. I'll, I'll you probably can. die. You might die. Okay. Yeah. And so
0: baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> get the little baby motorcycle and jump the little baby jump.
1: Right, exactly. And then go go big next time.
0: Next time. So you do one baby jump and then, then the go for jumps. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. But let's get into the science yes. of why we crave these crazy things.
1: We want it. We want it. Okay, so you are absolutely right. There is a difference between fun fear and scared fear. There's, so
0: there's fun fear and scared fear.
1: Yeah, this is how we're bracketing this. There's better ways, and I really couldn't find it. This is great. This yeah. is, I like it. But the, the scared fear is where you actually feel like you're going to die.
0: You're being chased by a lion?
1: Yeah, you potentially feel like there's bodily harm, you could die.
0: Oh, so that is the extreme sport side.
1: that. Well, that's the scared fear. Scared fear, okay. That's the scared fear. Fun fear, the two factors that make it different from our scared fear is one, having a safety net of some kind.
0: Okay, a safety equipment, a roller coaster with with all the safety protocols they have to go through, that kind of stuff?
1: Right, and it's it's, yes, so it is like physically what is actually happening for a safety net, but it's also your perception of the safety
0: net. Oh, so if I put a helmet on with my motorcycle, I feel I'm pretty safe. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get less hurt. But even though it, I am, I'm actually not less safe.
1: No, and you're and you're still going to hit your head. Right. like you could still hit your head and die. Right, but the idea of putting on a helmet cognitively makes you feel better. Like, oh, I got this. I so have a helmet fear. on. That becomes a fun fear because okay. cognitively you feel like you are safer. Therefore, you have a larger safety net. That makes sense, right? Um, and then the second thing is that it's going to your edge of whatever fear.
0: So me, be. with the rollerblading, mm-hmm. like, and not being able to jump more than three steps, that's pretty scary.
1: That is pretty three scary. Three steps is
0: pretty... I could scrape a knee. <laughs> but but someone someone else doing wingsuit stuff, 10 feet off the mountain ground, that's a yeah. little different perception of, of how dangerous something is. Right. But he may be like, "Oh, it was easy. And I may be like, four steps is ridiculous. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so it's just what your edge is and what's actually scary for you, okay? All right, makes sense. So the benefits of fun fear, and why I, I'm gonna pitch that you should do this, but being very aware of what your edge is and skill level is. Um, first, it produces creativity and an open mind.
0: Creativity, so you just become more creative.
1: You do, because the the reason is, is that whatever you're doing that gets you close to that edge is not probably in your day-to-day repertoire of things you do.
0: So it's a shakeup.
1: It's a shakeup. That's exactly it. So you're viewing something. So, like, let's let's take a horror film. I'm not going so much into horror films because there's there's other emotional elements that go into that. But but if you're watching a horror film that like your heart's being really heavy, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. This is the scariest thing for me. And this could be like the Toy Story Halloween short that Which they was watched. scary though. It was super scary. All right, but yeah, right. I get it. It, it opens your brain to these different ideas and these different concepts that you wouldn't normally have given Just to Just in
0: you. a mundane, day-after-day yeah. kind of routine situation. Right.
1: right. So let's say that you're having a hard time. You have writer's block. You are feeling really kind of low. You feel numb. Whatever those things are, that's why these things are effective is because it can spur that little bit of creativity and open your mind a little bit to allow you to kind of get that vigor back in okay. your life. So it's a spark. Yes, it's a spark. Second, social bonding. Um, it, usually, extreme sport people hang out with other extreme sport people.
0: It's a group. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a pastime well, because club. Like,
1: yeah, exactly. Because I'm, I'm assuming for your rollerblading, right? You had buddies.
0: I had buddies. We had the, the rollerblading crew, Yeah, the, <laughs> the rollerblading posse.
1: Yeah, you did. And one guy maybe would jump two stairs and they'd be like, bro, I mean, I don't, I'm yeah. talking to you, but bro, I could do three stairs and then you achieve three stairs. Whoa, big and everybody's deal. like, whoa,
0: three stairs. That's a crazy, man. But it, that's, that's really what it does. It, people do this together and they push each other because you push each other when you're in big groups. Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. So it's not only are you going through something together, and, and I, I use rollerblading, but think about war. Let's go into war. Um, Like if you are with your, tr- is it a troop that, that you're together?
0: Sure, troop, squadron, platoon, yeah, platoon. whatever. Let's say break it up. Let's say
1: you have your platoon with you, right? You go through a scary situation in which you guys' lives are in danger, right? Right. And then you guys are bonded because of that, because you have gone through that. You can share that, and suddenly you become a unit. And that's where we start getting hive mind when you have experiences together. That's why they don't just randomly put a group of people and put them into war. You, you all usually, yeah, yeah, they train together. You guys go through things together in order to feel bonded so that you, I mean, you you work better as a unit, right? Okay, that makes sense. And then you get a badge of honor. When you do the three stairs and your buddy only did two stairs, you are now the cool dude who did three
0: stairs. Because if you're by yourself rollerblading and you never, nobody ever watches you, we shouldn't say rollerblading, <laughs> if you do something extreme <laughs> and no one ever, video. no one ever watches you. Right. You may not, most people will not push themselves very hard. Sure. There's a select few that will do it just because they love it. Yeah. You know, like Jeff Clark surfing Mavericks by himself. Yeah. He just loved it. Yeah. But most people will say, this is ridiculous and this is dangerous and I'm not going to do this.
1: Right. I'm so, I'm, I'm concerned and.
0: But you and, get in a group and you get that group hive mindset. Yep. And And you start pushing, pushing,
1: pushing and a social, in a social setting, you also have that other safety net of these folks will get me to the hospital. These folks will call my mom. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So you have that other safety net there that will, will help you. Okay. Um, Next thing, novelty. We've talked about novelty and why it's so important for that shakeup, because let's say like, like at our age, right? There's not a lot of things that are different at this point but if we do something that's novel we take dance lessons we jump out of a plane whatever these things are right something that
0: breaks up our routine
1: right then then our memory systems actually are better are are we because obviously we're going to remember that event right because it's something that's novel and different um if we're if we're feeling kind of blunted emotionally doing something novel will kind of get that like spark again into your world where it livens things up
0: Okay. That's right. why a lot of rich, successful people do some pretty crazy things. Sure. Like, hey, these guys just went skydiving. What? Why would the CEO of this company go heli-skiing? Yep. Well, it's because they're trying to to spark some creativity, to break up the monotony, because even their lives is mundane. Sure. They just go day in, day out. It
1: doesn't matter what your, your day is. It's going to become mundane okay. at some yep. point. So, so those are the factors that really... I mean, it really can help you be successful. The the factors here. So first the rush,
0: the endorphin rush, the
1: end, the rush. So first we start with adrenaline and the, Ooh, the adrenaline. The adrenaline yeah. The adrenaline can actually start ahead of time because we're kind of scared.
0: So oh, we're like, prepping. We're getting yeah, we're like, ready for Oh
1: goodness. I'm going to, you know, cause we don't know if it's going to hurt or not. Right.
0: Even roller coasters, which you know, are crazy safe. Yeah. Give you that a little adrenaline rush. Cause it, it is scary.
1: Yeah. It is scary. And your body is going to be flung through the Air, right. Essentially, okay. So we have that first adrenaline, and then we have a huge dump of endorphins and dopamine,
0: which we love.
1: Oh my gosh, humans love that, and it's it it is euphoric in many ways. Like if depending on the length of what you're doing and and how close to the edge it's coming, it will will give you kind of that euphoric do pleasure. You get, do you get the
0: dump during it or after or both?
1: So it kind of depends on the person
0: like how scared you are during the event.
1: Yes. And and that's why we, we need that safety net because if, let's say we're in line to go on a roller coaster, right? Um, we have that adrenaline. We don't really have that dopamine and endorphins just yet, but we do have the adrenaline. And then, so we might go, okay, this is totally safe. I'm super excited. This is going to go, you know, these are all the safety mechanisms. Blah blah blah. Like on um Mission Breakout, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Disneyland. I literally we watched a documentary on it, and I have to go through all the safety measures that they put into place. So you're
0: terrified of that ride.
1: Yeah, it is freaking scary. It pulls you down faster than you would fall.
0: Yeah. So if I was to
1: jump off the top of that building, it the the cart would go down. I mean, are you kidding me? I know. Super scary. Smart. Yeah. Super smart. Um. But but I have to go through that safety net in my head. Be like, okay. So this is going to take, what, two minutes total. Um, They have all these safety mechanisms. There's people, Disney checks the rides, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff, right? Um, But there's no endorphins and there's no dopamine through my system as I'm waiting in line, right? So then I'm going through that. I go through the experience and some people have it in the middle. And we talk about runner's high. Sometimes we get, it's a similar thing, just a heavier dump
0: okay so you get a dump of that that dopamine and endorphin during the event when you are no longer anxious about it you are just you're in it, it and experiencing yeah. it yeah
1: and it tends to be like if let's say you jump out of let's take uh heli skiing if you jump out of that helicopter and you fall and break your arm you're never going to have that dopamine and the um the endorphins that come right. along with that because you just demonstrated that this was too far off your edge. Okay, right gotcha. But if you're going down and and you're t- making some good turns and it's working, boom, you'll probably get it mid activity. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yep. And then and that's why this, this safety net is so important because once we get to the end and we have used our safety net, it has worked, but it still gave us that ad- adrenaline rush and that kind of that fear factor there. Um, then at the end, we get a gratifying sense of relief and subsequent well-being because that adrenaline pretty much completely goes away and you get to keep all of those endorphins and dopamine through your system longer. Okay. And and that's why, let's say, at the we're going to use heli-skiing. At the end of the day when you have um, all your buddies, you do this with your buddies, you're down, you're sitting at the fire, and everybody's talking about it, that's why you have that euphoric, like, sense of like, holy cow, life is awesome. Because
0: you still have those endorphins and dopamine circulating in your body.
1: Yes, and then and then every single time you talk about it, Did you get with, another release. You get a release, not as extreme, obviously, but you get the same kind of release.
0: That makes sense, though.
1: Isn't that wild? Yeah. And and so. And
0: that's why you replay the event in your head and yes. with your buddies.
1: Yes, exactly. So that's why those those two factors are very important because you you want the right amount of adrenaline. You want the right amount of safety net. And then in order to get that dopamine endorphin bump.
0: Right. And this is for you. We, we're not saying you should go out and do things that hurt you. Oh, no. And and that's dangerous, but you should go out and do things that are on your edge.
1: And this is, yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's on your edge and your edge could simply be trying a new workout gym class. Sure. Right. and And, and that's, and we're using the extremes, but I mean, really it could be anything.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it could be anything. And,
1: and then, I, side note, but kind of not a side note, adrenaline junkies, right? The, the difference between going to your edge and the adrenaline junkies is that it refers to someone who is pushing the envelope to get the same rush with disregard to physical, emotional, social, legal, and financial risk.
0: So these are the people who, who go beyond the rational experience of extreme sports just to get that rush. Right. So they no longer, it's not, hey, I'm going to be really good at base jumping. I want to wingsuit. And then I want to wingsuit really low to the ground. I want to do that more and more because I want to get that rush. And I'm not getting the rush from just jumping out of an airplane anymore. Right. So that's, and then it gets more and more dangerous, more and more illegal and more and more unsafe. Okay.
1: And And that's the difference where if, we look at the um, X Games and we're like, those guys are adrenaline junkies. They're You're probably crazy. not. They're probably not because they they have a lot of skill that went into those things that that is their edge. Right. So this is important to note. So. OK. That yeah. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. So there's your science. that That is why we do these crazy, stupid things.
1: Ridiculous things. And we
0: admire people who do crazy, stupid things. Yep. Because we all want that adrenaline, dopamine and endorphin rush yes okay that makes perfect sense why we do this now
1: yeah so all
0: right well let's get into a quick coffee segment yes and then we're going to action plan we're going to tell you how to qualify for the next x games
1: (laughs) i drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong
0: black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along, and when it does, it's fast and strong. I end up with a bad case of the shakes. Fitting with our topic of the day. Let's do it. I went with an article on the most extreme and deadly coffees ever produced.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
0: we're going to talk about... Deadly
1: coffees? What? We're going to talk
0: about four. Yeah, they're deadly.
1: Okay. They're so
0: extreme, they're deadly. (laughs) They're the adrenaline junkies of coffee. I love it. All right, you ready? First one, black insomnia, 1,105 milligrams per twelve of caffeine per 12 fluid ounces of brewed coffee. Holy... Yep, it's an 80% Robusta, 20% Arabica coffee, and it's from South Africa. Jeez. Yep, it is a black... Package with uh-huh. a big X on it, like it's you don't even don't
1: that even go is there. Extreme. it's
0: crazy extreme. So
1: does it come with a heart attack?
0: <laughs> it might. The next one, <laughs> high voltage coffee. Ooh, one thousand one hundred and fifty milligrams of caffeine per twelve fluid ounces. I like it. This bean type is not even listed. Whoa, not even listed. That's crazy.
1: It's crazy. Big deal. It's
0: Australian and it's the strongest coffee in Australia.
1: Really? They tr- I feel like Australia could take it.
0: Yep. Uh, yep. This one says it's not even bitter because a lot of times the high caffeine ones are yeah, super we'll bitter. Make it, yeah. This one's not even bitter. It's so extreme. It's smooth. <laughs> All right. The next one. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Now, when you think of names like Deadly Coffee, you're gonna want like scorpions on your on yeah, your packaging. Schools. You just want like poisonous stuff. Well, in Great Britain, yeah. the Brits, the proper ones, they got it. Have a coffee called Very Strong Coffee. <laughs> It's from great great British trading company not it, even does, it does it does have not. one thousand three hundred and fifty milligrams of caffeine oh per gosh. twelve fluid ounces three hundred and forty milliliters because they're on the metric system yes of over course. there it's a hundred percent robust to coffee mm-hmm. it's very strong it's the most dangerous cup of coffee in the u k Wow very strong very coffee dr- <laughs> and their even logo is like very strong coffee with like kind of like swirly script
1: oh nice.
0: Yeah, because so, it's improper we're still to classy. be semi-cursive. We're still classy, guys. Yeah, classy, but scary. But scary. And we'll do the number one. The number one goes back. I don't know. Where, where's this one from? Um, we're just going to say it's from America. No, it's, no, the, it's, probably, it's not. probably not from America. <laughs> but it's called Black Label. Black Label Devil Mountain Coffee Company.
1: Oh, see, this is better.
0: 1,555 milligrams of caffeine oh, per 12 fluid ounces. Goodness. Yep. It, it's just the world's most dangerous cup of coffee. It's blown the competition out of the water. Yeah, It's highly, highly caffeinated. Um, they do say to be extremely cautious when drinking this because they, the like CDC or the WHO or whoever says about three to four hundred milligrams of caffeine is the most you want in your body. Yeah. So one cup of coffee is like four to five, four times as much yeah. Five times as much as that. So yeah. uh, the the bag is black, of course. Of course, you got to keep it. Dangerous. Very you know, dangerous. Black bag. Uh, it's got bag. the whole devil thing going on. it. It's got a it. devil on it. And it says Devil Mountain Coffee Company.
1: That's really... See, that that's good branding. The very strong very strong cup of coffee or whatever. Very strong coffee.
0: <laughs> very strong coffee.
1: Yeah, it's just not... So it's those Brits. But... It, I kind of love it.
0: Yeah, everybody loves it. I kind of love it. So if you want to go extreme on your coffee, this is is where you go. I don't recommend drinking these coffees ever. That's way too much caffeine.
1: Yeah, maybe like a half a cup like a, a, like a stomach. Like
0: an espresso shot cup of the stuff but even coffee. then why don't you just have an espresso shot so anyway, <laughs> there you go there's your there's your extreme coffee for the day <laughs> we need to <laughs> order
1: one of these yeah
0: no kidding right so let's get back into um fun fear yes let's action plan this so people can break up the monotony of their day yep while being safe because mm-hmm. we don't want people hurting themselves nope. getting those chemical responses in their brain mm-hmm. and sparking creativity yes Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Hit me with an action plan.
1: Here we go. Be aware. Always,
0: <laughs> well, I <mean>, every time. <laughs> well, so we should. We should, we don't even have to say that anymore. That's well, like number yeah, one of action just plan. Be aware. Always make an assessment of what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah. So and and I want to know specifically what kind of funk you're in.
0: Okay. So this is just people that are in funks or well, everybody?
1: Just everybody. But I mean, like, if you're finding that you're you're just sticking to your routine, I'm a routiner. I love routines. I love things to go exactly the right way. And if they don't, then I yell at you because you're usually the one messing up my routines. True. And so, but that in and of itself would be like, hey, maybe I need to be a little more flexible. About these things and so that would be my special brand of funk that i got going on
0: so we want to make an assessment and say hey are am i doing some fun fear stuff
1: yeah like do i feel kind of flat do i feel like i'm stuck in my routines do whatever those things are can i not finish this book i'm writing whatever okay you know that kind of thing so just being aware of which what one it is and even writing it out and i i suggest journaling that because then you know the depth of it
0: and we have an episode of journaling in yes. the first season. So we suggest you go back and do that. Because journaling is very, very good. Just yeah. saying it in your brain is fine. Writing it down. It gets it out. It gets it out. And, yeah. and it just, for some reason, comes to fruition. Right. So write it down. Okay.
1: Do it. Um, make a list of what scares you or what your edge is. Okay. Right? And so everybody's, write down that list. Everybody's going to be different. And it should be a novel event of some kind. Right? Okay. And my... Like my edge is going to be different than your edge and so it we're not taking into consideration the people that we will probably be doing the activity with okay um at that point at this list making point but we do want to be like okay so i'm okay with i would be okay with tandem tandem uh skydiving Okay, but I am really not okay with bungee jumping, and I don't know what the sure. why the two, but it is what it is. So, so being very, very specific with that.
0: Make a list of your edge. Hey, scuba diving, or yeah. a roller coaster, or, or extreme a zumba, zumba class, or zoom, a new zumba class, yeah, or rollerblading. Ro-
1: gotcha. Yes, um, it's coming back.
0: Rollerblading is not coming back. Yes,
1: it is. It get is coming out of town. back. Yeah, it's, it's coming, coming back.
0: back. Should I dust off my old skates? <laughs> yeah. Do some, do some, some switch grinds. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's yeah, get going. Let's get
1: going. Um, so we want to make sure that we have solid safety nets into place. Okay. So have your buddy, have your social group, have no, watch the documentary on the ride you're going to go on, so that you feel better. Okay. Um, but the the big thing is how you feel in your brain about it. Okay. And then I want, I do want you to assess the actual physical concerns.
0: What about you know. me, like middle-aged guy? Is it okay for me to go out and buy a skateboard and yeah. then go to the skate park? I yeah, why not? I, that's a great question. Why not? Yeah.
1: I, can I mean, you guy. could hurt yourself, right. and you're probably going to hurt yourself more than a teenager.
0: Right. And so, I won't heal as fast as a teenager. Exactly. It's, it's not going to be as smart, but maybe I start on my driveway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So it's, it, your edge is different than the teenager's edge right right but why not try something new like skateboarding or something that's a great you have done that's a great question okay yeah. so All let's right. just go for it um get your buddy if you can it's always helpful to have someone to do stuff with because we're more likely to follow through you get your badge of honor when you like woo do something them. cool, yeah. And then you also also have the safety net. You can reminisce about safety it. Net, There's so talk many talk about cool it afterwards
0: things. to repeat your dopamine or uh, yeah, dopamine and endorphin response. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And then you
1: go for it. You actually just go for it. Just do it. Yep. And and I would say, depending on what it is, I would once every couple of weeks do something like this. Maybe even once a month, depending on where your threshold is and everybody's different. Um, But I would not do this like every single week unless you're like genuinely coming up with like, I want to develop my skill in skateboarding. You'd probably do that every week or every day or whatever, but it won't be your fear fun thing. You'll have to find something else at some point, because at some point you're going to get enough of a skill level that it really doesn't extreme you unless you keep pushing that edge. Because
0: then it's just a skill thing and it's not a fun fear thing anymore. Yeah. Okay. So if you're looking for specifically the fun fear, not to build a skill in something, you just it's going to be a more sporadic than a skill building event. Right. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Because you, you really can't have this kind of euphoria business all the time or else your threshold is going to be different
0: and, and, and like I said sometimes like the skateboarding mm-hmm. or skiing mm-hmm. you have to know how to ski before you heli ski right before you jump out of a helicopter I mean
1: in theory right
0: so maybe you can use that skill to build up to fun fear it, but without. but how do you do that without becoming an adrenaline junkie
1: well, so the adrenaline junkie thing is you just have to make sure that you're considering all factors, so is your skill level
0: stay within your limits? yeah, so
1: is your skill level within heli skiing? No, right, so I'm not going to do that, but I can develop that skill so that when I drop out of a helicopter, I have the skill to you, you're rebound good enough from to heli ski yeah you, you exactly. no
0: really you are so Me? Every, everybody out there oh my goodness no, jesse honey. skis we we're a skiing family. Jesse. I'm not. That's fine. We're going to take you heli-skiing this year. We are not going to do yep. that. That seems we are awful. Gonna, we're going to take you heli-skiing. I don't want to do that. So I'm not all sta- like scared gonna now. We're going to start a campaign. Get hel- Jesse out of a helicopter. <laughs> that's, what we're, that's, the, that's the new goal.
1: Can I jump out of it with a... Can I jump out of a t- helicopter? Not on skis. Like, can I just... Can I tandem... Can a tandem jump out of a helicopter?
0: So you want someone to like hug you and jump out into the snow? Yeah, because
1: it's... No.
0: (laughs) It's just... That'd be kind of weird, but we can do whatever you want because that's your edge.
1: That's my edge. Exactly. Helicopter
0: jumping. I'm going to jump three feet off this helicopter. So anyway, back, back to the action plan. So back to Ashman. So we want to essentially find our edge. Yep. We're going to journal journal, and make an assessment yes. of what we do now and what funk we're in, what our edges are. Right. We're going to make a plan. We're going to find people to, to follow through with us yes. to do that plan with. What if we don't have any, anybody to do it with? Can we still... Do oh, it? of course. Okay. Of
1: course, like you're you're probably not gonna get a buddy to go get a skateboard and skateboard in your driveway, right? Right, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But then, as you go out into the skate park, let's say you'll you'll get people. You'll socialize. There'll though. probably
0: be some more dads out there being like, "Hey, I'm trying skateboarding too," or "Hey, I used to skateboard and I don't skateboard anymore, and yep. I'm trying it again." And next thing you know, we got dad skateboard group.
1: Yep, and you're bonding.
0: The daddy militia. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's. That's you do.
1: not a cool name. Yeah, that's it not is the very the very cool Dad Militia. That's yeah, because the very apparently makes it extreme.
0: Well, I'll come up with a good name like the Penny, Penny Lover Militia or something like that. Yeah, But anyway, so so we're gonna do those those yep. things, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna try to seek these fun fear events. More sporadically. Yes. For this, and try to stay within our means, so we're not adrenaline seeking and adrenaline junkies. Sure. And that's it. That's the action plan. Mhm. Seems like a pretty easy one to do.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad one, is it?
0: No. Okay. So that's what we're gonna do for fun, fear. We're gonna get those adrenaline going. We're gonna get the endorphins and the dopamine responses. Yes. We're gonna reminisce the, that with the people we experienced it with. We're gonna go out there and build a better you. Thanks, guys.